Hi, I'm Kat, grassroots marketer turned brand builder. And I'm Candice, educator turned entrepreneur. And you're listening to Not Nice, Clever, your weekly dose of not so nice, but oh so clever advice and actionable strategies to grow your mind, brand, and bank account beyond your wildest dreams. Free of charge. You're welcome. So grab your notebook and let's get to it. In today's episode, we're giving you the down and dirty and not so nice version of how to source your own media placements in an effort to grow your brand, business, and bank account on and offline for free. You're welcome, as Candace would say. So before we even get into the points, we want to make it clear that we're making several assumptions for those listening in. Because we know our audience are entrepreneurs who are struggling to grow their brands and bank accounts. Time is of the essence. So funds and PR are in short supply temporarily, and we're going to help you fix that. We're going to give you all the tools we used when we were just starting out as entrepreneurs and a few strategies that we still use to this day. And why are we diving into this? Well, because like business, media begets media, just like business begets business. Also, when you're just starting out, It helps to leverage the credibility and authority of other brands to your advantage, because how cool would it be to have someone pop into your DMs saying they saw your segment on the local news or that article in a digital publication that they're subscribed to on LinkedIn? They're coming to you, already seeing your name associated with a brand who's already put in the sweat equity and legwork of building credibility, and you're just kind of piggybacking on top of it. And we love that. Don't we, Candice? Absolutely. We love partnerships in any way. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about a few different things. The first one is digital presence housekeeping, which is a big one for our clients. It's really important to hone in on which maybe two platforms you really want to be consistent on and two platforms that you are really showcasing who you are. I know there's a lot of platforms out there. You can want to be on LinkedIn and TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Be Real and all the other platforms, but we really want you to focus in on two that you're really treating with care that are your main platforms where you're growing your audience. But with that being said, we know that you'll likely have more platforms than that. So you just want to make sure that they're tidy. For example, I don't count LinkedIn as my main platform, but I do have a LinkedIn where it's really easy for someone to find my contact information, reach out to me, know what it is that I do. I keep it clean and updated. I check it every once in a while to make sure that everything's just still in alignment there. So make sure you have two robust profiles that you actually focus on and clean up the others. Totally agree. And you know, one question that we get a lot, Candice too, I'm sure you get it, is that you know, people ask us, well, even if I'm not active on all the profiles, should I have my handle? Should I have it set up? And the answer is yes, because you want to be able to own your brand anywhere that you can and just make sure that your bios are consistent, your handles are consistent. You've got your most up-to-date brand shots on your profile photo, the cover photo, right? Yep. And I absolutely love when people use the same bio picture across Mm -hmm. platforms just to make it really easy to recognize you. 
Your bio picture, I think this is an aside, but super important, should not be the logo for your brand. It should be your face. That's a huge one, right? Absolutely. It is. Humans connect with other human beings. So let's leverage a bit of that biological programming to help further strengthen the relationships we're building online. Just a couple other things that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be your kid. It shouldn't be your cat. It shouldn't be your logo. It's got to be your face. You guys can't get out of this one. Sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. The other thing I've said this a hundred times and I will keep saying it, no folded arms with a black blazer, okay? Especially Mm -hmm. for our clients who are in the real estate space. For some reason, you graduate real estate school and you think that you have to buy a black blazer and cross your arms and do like a weird kind of side pose in your profile picture. You don't have to do that. That is not a requirement. Actually, please don't. Please don't. And you'll thank us later. Like folks, think about it. That would be the equivalent of me or Candace having our high school cap and gown photo as our profile photo. Yes. I don't know about you, Candace, but I made sure that those those hard copies of those photos are somewhere in my parents' condo in the attic, not to be seen or touched or accessed ever online. I mean, thankfully for me, I don't know about you, Cap, but de- uh-huh. definitely for me, there's no digital version of my cap and gown picture. Mine is all hard copies. So analog. Thank God for that. Yes. (laughs) I was right on the precipice. I was right when they still called it the Facebook. And because I wasn't in college yet, I didn't have access to it. So there you go, folks. You can guess our age from here. (laughs) All right. So the next point after you get your digital presence all tidied up and consistent is simply, didn't say easily, but I did say simply to make the commitment, not because you're fearless, but in spite of it. And so look, yes, the reality is you're putting yourself out there. Usually when we were learning new skills as kids, the only people we had to make fun of us and poke fun were our siblings and our cousins. I came from a large Italian family, so that was just a part of the Tory process of growing up. And now this day and age with garnering media placement and putting your name in your face and your brand out there, you are opening yourself up to a lot of other criticism. However, you're also opening yourselves up to so much possibility and so much opportunity. And so when the trolls pop up, just do not feed the animals like the recommendation at the zoo, right? Just leave them under the bridge and, you know, understand that they probably are more upset with themselves than they could ever be upset with you in the comments section and know that you're going to make the commitment despite that for the better, for all of the silver linings that are involved. I mean, this was something I struggled with. I'm sure you did too, right, Candice? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be haters, but it's Mm -hmm. really easy to get over the haters, I think, when you see also the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Because I've been saying this lately, that they can laugh at me all they want, but I'll laugh all the way to the bank. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind if someone wants to say mean and hateful stuff on my profile, obviously I don't like it, but I also know that there's so much opportunity that comes with putting myself out there that it's worth it to me. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that you had shared when we first met, like about a year and a half ago now, was that you'll never be hated on or get a troll-like comment from somebody who's doing more than you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or to somebody that you look up to. Like Ryan would never go into like my comment section and be like, who do you think you are, Kat? Like, oh my gosh, I roll. 
Never. He'll hype me up. Yes, absolutely. And I think that when someone understands what it takes for someone else to put themselves out there because they've also done it, Mm -hmm. you'll only ever see a positive note or a note of encouragement. Yeah, no one who is doing better than you is going to take the time to hate on you. They're probably going to appreciate you and hype you up. And I think that's super important to know. Yeah. One last note on this point. This is something like my coach, Andrea, always shares with me. She loves this analogy of when you're dealing with other people's opinions and you are, you know, making it mean something about you to just envision that comment and scramble it in your brain as a bunch of ones and zeros because all it is is data and information and it has nothing to do with you. It's really just a reflection of how they're processing shit. And it doesn't seem to be processing very well for them, but it has nothing to do with you. So we can just kind of move on and not give it any more energy. Exactly. And my favorite button is the block button. If someone's annoying me, I'll just block them. Easy. That is a great button. I like to think about my social profiles as my house. If someone was being Mm -hmm. rude to me in my house, would I allow them to stay? Of course not. So if someone makes a comment I don't like, that doesn't mean I block them. But if they make a comment that's just hateful, rude, it's not even about the topic or something like that, I will just block them unapologetically. And not apologize. <laughs> yes. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> Both of us. We did not plan that, guys. Not at all. I love it. Okay. So point number three is that you have to know your pitch and your value add. So if you're trying to get media placement, which is what this is about, we want to make sure that you understand your pitch and what your unique value add is. What problems do you solve? who struggles with these problems, and where do those people gather news for information, conferences, events? Like, where do these people go? You have to know those things in order to be able to confidently pitch yourself. Mm -hmm. And the way that we love to think about this, and this is something that you can download, the information is going to be in our show notes, but we put together an initial brainstorming Venn diagram for you. So those three questions that Candice just walked you through. What problems do you hold the solutions for? How can you collapse time to help someone solve something quicker than they could if they were just going at it by themselves? What are those crystal clear problems that you solve? And then knowing who struggles with them and then knowing where they hang out and where all three of those answers to those questions overlap, that's your clientele. That's where you go. That's around what you craft your strategy, right? Yep, absolutely. And I think that when you're really clear about what it is that you do, then you make it easy for someone to say yes to you because they can say, oh, that's the problem we solve. That's the problem our audience has. And they can easily identify you as the one who can help. Mm -hmm. And man, I remember having clients come to us. They still come to us and they're like, "How how do I get clients? How do I build business? And when you try to ask them these fundamental questions, their answers are really vague or they're kind of all over the place. And anytime there's vagueness, there's uncertainty. It's the unknown. People are not going to buy you. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to want to do business with you. And so as elementary as this exercise sounds, actually documenting and seeing if you could even give that answer to somebody else and if they can clearly understand what it is that you do, then you will have that clarity and you'll have that certainty And there won't be any friction in someone wanting to work with you. They'll actually be begging to work with you. Exactly. That's what we want. People begging to work with you. We do. That's my preference for sure. 
Absolutely. And having a personal brand lets that happen. So Mm -hmm. that's why we're always talking about that. So the next tip, we want you to make sure that you are creating your media kit. And you can do that. You can make a media kit. You can make a one sheet, even if a media kit feels overwhelming, just a one sheet with all of the things that you specialize in, maybe some social proof to back it up or some evidence, some results that you have. Mm-hmm. Also, if you're listening to that right now and saying, oh my gosh, Candace, I don't even have any results yet. Okay, skip that part for now. That's okay. <laughs> you can grow into that and just allow yourself to be where you are. I remember being in that place where I was like, I don't know, I only have 500 followers. Like, is that impressive? Should I put that on here? Maybe not. But it doesn't matter. Every press kit and every media kit, every one sheet looks different. So make sure that you highlight your strengths and what you can do well there. And why don't we tell them, Kat, where they can easily make one? Absolutely. And it's actually where Candace and I made ours for the Not Nice Clever workshops and virtual events that we host. It's where I made my own for my own speaking engagements. Go to Canva, guys, canva.com. And actually, they're about to create their 15 billionth design. By the time this episode airs, who knows if the 15 billionth design will have already been made. But that's just a little fun fact for you. There's a ton of templates. You just type in media kit template, press kit template, speaker one sheet template, plenty of templates there. You can customize the design, the colors, the typography to your own vibe. You drop in your brand photos. You include your pitch, your social proof, the links to your profiles. Tell people how they can get in touch with you, what you're an expert on, literally all of the talking points we just walked you through. That's what lives on your media kit. Let Canva do the heavy lifting because while graphic design is fun, it's a time suck if you're not a graphic designer. So we're going to shorten that time curve for you. Love it. Mm -hmm. The next part is deciding where you want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And this one can be a little bit overwhelming if you've never thought about this before. But for beginners, we really love local news and local publications that also have a social media presence. Mm -hmm. they are a little bit more easy to access. Typically your local news station, pretty simple to get in touch Mm -hmm. and local publications are the same. And having a social media presence just means that they will also likely share the story. If you are on, they will likely share that. And you have a chance for even more eyeballs on social that you can also share, which helps to build your credibility. So we love that. Mm Mm-hmm. We do. And that's a mistake that we see a lot of clients make is they're like, okay, Kat and Candice, you're telling me to get my butt on media placements. How do I book a TEDx talk? And we're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Look, Let's if you could do it, do small. it. But also, well, yes, that's true. <laughs> there's simpler things that you can do before that. It'll be an easier yes for TEDx mm-hmm. if you have these other things under your belt. It definitely will. And let me tell you, if anybody is in need of some love, This day and age, since the advent of social media has come on the scene, it is those local news reporters and journalists. Give them some love. I think you will be surprised at how much they want to love you back. Oh, it's so true. And sorry, guys, but no one no one loves on the local news reporters and they definitely deserve it. I mean, they're out there day after day giving you the news and supporting your local community. So showing them Mm -hmm. a little bit of love on social media goes a long way. Mm hmm. And so to formalize this process, because we love the power of follow-up, just brainstorm and write a list of 10 local news channels or publications or outlets that you would want to tackle. And 
even before you start to figure out who your contact is from there, this is something that people totally skip over, right, Candice? But it's a resource they already have available to them. So where do you start once you like have your list of 10 people you want to reach out to? I always start with my friends who have already been featured mm-hmm. in different things. And I say, hey, how'd you get that feature? Or who did you talk to? And ask there because that's a great place to start because it's always nice to have an in and be like, oh, my friend so-and-so worked with you, right? And just an easy conversation that instantly builds a connection oftentimes. And so Mm -hmm. definitely asking people who have been featured there how they got featured Mm -hmm. and who their contact person was. And if they don't want to share how they got featured or who their contact is, I would refer to our prior episode of outgrowing your circles and recognize and realize that maybe they're not really your friend anymore because sharing is caring. And I don't mind sharing with Candace and I love it when she shares with me. That might just be a gut check for y'all. Absolutely. Yeah. Your friends are not going to gatekeep, right? Friends aren't gatekeepers. Mm -mm. All right. So our next point, this is going to be a little bit of a mindset one for you folks listening in is to actually, once you have your list of publications, you have reached out to your network and your friends who have already been featured, you have your one sheet, you know your pitch, you know the problems you solve, you have all the tools. Now we need you to actually reach out and make the ask so people know that you want to be featured. Nobody is a mind reader. You need to ask. Yeah, There's nothing wrong with asking. Right, Candace? Yeah, you have to be the squeaky wheel, ask multiple times. (laughs) Also be prepared to get no response from Mm -hmm. some people and be prepared to follow up again next month. Mm -hmm. I think that, is it our friend? Talia, is Talia the one that said that she like emailed Ryan like every month forever? Two years. She followed up with Brian. (laughs) Guys, this woman is incredible. She's a marathoner. She does nonprofit work. She's a real estate broker. She followed up for two years with no response. Yeah. And then Ryan emailed back out of the blue. She responded back immediately. Can you call that out of the blue? I don't know. After two years, I don't know if you call it out of the blue. (laughs) That's true. That's very true. But she's such a badass. And the Mm -hmm. follow-up is just on the next level. Mm -hmm. And even though she wasn't receiving regular responses, she kept going. So I just want to encourage anyone who is like, oh, I sent out five emails and no one responded to just do it again. That's the name of the game. And it's pretty normal. It is. And you know what I was thinking right now as we were talking? Hmm. I was thinking that someone might say, oh, I don't even know what to write in this email. And I feel like this might be a good use case for chat GTP. That would be. So if you folks have not heard of ChatGPT, you might have been... Oh, yes. I said the wrong acronym. (laughs) That's okay. You've been spouting a lot of acronyms over the last week with all of your travels and engagements. I have. So ChatGPT is basically an AI writing tool. It's not the first of its kind, but it's the one that definitely have been making waves over the last several weeks. And at least for my own clients and my own approach, I love to use that tool to break through some writer's block, to brainstorm some ideas, to get into flow and get some creative juices flowing. So you could go to ChatGPT and say, write me an email pitch to a local news publication as if it were coming from a real estate expert and community builder. 
and see what it spits out. Yeah, it'll shoot out something that you can use as a jumping off point. We are obviously Mm -hmm. advocates of you having your own voice and personal brand and your own attitude and the way that you approach your work. But if you're feeling that writer's block, like Kat mentioned, use it as a tool so you have a framework to operate from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, overall, just really keep in mind to give before asking for anything. Like this whole episode is about securing media placements and building your authority and credibility through earned media. But it's also about remembering that you're always coming through the lens of wanting to provide value and solve problems. Because if you solve a problem that one person has, they'll definitely pay you for it. If you solve a problem that a lot of people have, you'll probably become a millionaire or a billionaire, right? But focusing on the value you provide, the transformations, the solutions, and leading with that in your email. And then like Candace said, the power of personal brand, leaning into that too, because at the end of the day, you're writing to a human being on the other side of that screen. Absolutely. And so not forgetting to kind of bring in that human touch to your communication. Yep. And this next point here, I guess I already touched on it prematurely, but it's- You kind of (laughs) did. Follow up until you die. Follow up until you die. Yes. So a couple quick tips on how they can systematize their follow-up. Kat, can you give it to them? Absolutely. So use your CRM or your Google Calendar or Apple Calendar and set recurring tasks or reminders. I have a CRM that I use. It's called Clay. And you're able to categorize different contacts based on the type of like business that they're in or what they mean to you. So I would have a contact bucket for media representatives or media reps. And then I would set like a monthly recurring reminder. Hey, like remind me to reach out to these 10 people every 30 days. And every time I do, I make a note in my CRM about what my outreach was, what my email said prior. I switch it up. Don't make it boring. People don't want boring. And I use technology to remind me because I'm not going to remember. I don't know. I don't remember everything. And I know, Candice, you don't either, right? Definitely not. No, for sure not. And then also, similar to how it takes about 10 to 14 times for somebody to remember a person or a brand or a product, envision your follow-up journey with getting in touch with this person in the same fashion. And so you're reaching out to them via email. You might be commenting on their social media or their news channel social media, which is great. Facebook is a great platform from that because it's very community driven now. But then you can also connect with them on LinkedIn and make sure you follow them, engage with their posts. You'll put your thought leadership out there. They'll start to see that in their profile to see other people commenting and saying how great you are. And this will kind of just eventually build to the point where they're like, oh, Kat's been reaching out for the past six months. She's an expert in branding and messaging and voice. You know, we actually need a contributor for this article. It seems like she would be a great fit. And then they respond. Exactly. Oh, I love it when they respond. Mm, It's the best. (laughs) This also might be a task that, you know, once you get it started, you can pass off to a virtual assistant Mm. because then maybe you'll feel a little bit less bad because you don't know how often they're not responding. You know, if my assistant was sending it out, then I wouldn't really understand that they are not responding. And I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes when I get a partner in my work, that they're less critical about it than I would be if I was doing the task. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I need that, like someone Mm -hmm. who's less critical, because I would be like, oh, I don't like that picture because X, Y, Z. And my social media manager might be like, it's great, post, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
And sometimes I need that. And so same thing with a virtual assistant. You might be getting down on yourself because you're like, I sent them four emails and they haven't responded. If you just have your virtual assistant or assistant do that once a month and you don't Mm -hmm. understand, you don't feel it, Mm -hmm. maybe it'll happen a little bit more organically. Yeah. Or it'll just be like a more pleasurable process for you, which will encourage you to keep doing it too. This is my year of outsourcing everything. So I'm trying to do less and make more. That's the whole goal here. We love that. You'll hear that theme coming out of me often, I think. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do's and don'ts. Some do's and don'ts for placements. Mm. Number one, avoid the paid feature until you're established organically. And why do we recommend this? Well, a paid feature could drive a ton of traffic to your profiles. But if there's nothing there that's interesting or valuable enough to convert that traffic into an audience and a following, you just wasted that $5,000 that you paid to Entrepreneur or Forbes or whoever it was. So definitely don't try to shortcut it. That way. We're a fan of leverage, but not that kind of leverage because that doesn't end up working. That does not work at all. We definitely want you to focus on growing your organic presence before you start mm-hmm. thinking about paying to be featured. The other thing is don't try to offer too many pitches or ideas. We want you to keep it simple and no more than three. And this is kind of that area that we like to talk about. Like you do want to have a niche. Mm -hmm. And I know so many people are afraid of having a niche because you feel like you're leaving people out. But Elevate Design Studios, we do logos for real estate agents and we're unapologetic about real estate agents being our target audience. Does that mean that I never do logos for other people? No. It just means that real estate agents understand that I am for them and Mm -hmm. they are more likely to choose me. But I also did Smash Me Baby Vegan Burgers. Did I tell you I did them? (laughs) You did tell me about that. I love the name. I love it. Yeah, Smash Me Baby. They have a burger place in LA and Vegas. And I also did a small boutique called A Balanced Bear. So Just because you have a niche or a narrow focus, three pitches, doesn't mean that you're losing out. It means that those things are really landing with the right audience. So don't be afraid of that. Super important. And I think a lot of people, especially in the beginning, just want to say, I'll do anything. Right. And it's not memorable. Oh, it's so bad. It's not memorable. No, it's not. And guys, have you ever, like you've been to a networking event right? And you meet someone and they're like, so what do you do? And then they just like ramble. And then like they say like 10 or 11 different things. And then you leave the conversation saying like, the hell does Candace do again? I don't what I don't understand. Okay, I'm just gonna forget about it then. And they don't see you as the expert in anything, Mm -hmm. which is really important. You want to be seen as an expert, you want to build your authority and your thought leadership in whatever area you are interested in. And if you throw too many things out there, it gets confusing. Mm -hmm. Expertise is clear and effortless. It's not effortless internally, but externally it appears effortless and it is clear and it is unapologetic and it is like, damn, okay, I'm going to hire Kat and Candace for that. Exactly. This morning I tried on an outfit and it's like for an event that's happening on Sunday. Uh I just like walked out with the outfit on to like see how it looks. And Dom was like, what are you doing? I was like, do I look effortless? And he started laughing because it's like on Monday. Yeah. And he was like, 
on Monday, I'm planning my outfit for Sunday and I'm trying to look effortless. Obviously, it's a lot of effort. It is. But it's done well to the point where it doesn't look like you're trying too hard to the end user. Exactly. I didn't want to look like I was trying too hard. Exactly. Mm -hmm. All right. Our last do and don't for sourcing your own media placement is focus less on the specific feature or trend or idea or article and more on the relationship with the author slash journalist slash publisher, the long game, right? Yeah. We're fans of playing the long game. It's how you get off the hamster wheel, in case you were wondering. And that relationship will garner you so much more as a two-way street over the long term. You have no idea where it could lead to. Absolutely no idea. And so when you are writing that pitch email and you are meeting that person at the networking event or you're sending them a LinkedIn message, and please don't sound like every other marketing agency on LinkedIn, I I automatically delete those messages, Candace, and she's laughing right now. You can't see your face, but I can't. Yeah. But focus less on the future and more on the relationship. That's where the value is. That's just key to life, really, always focusing on relationships. Mm -hmm. And if you try to remember that every person just wants to feel seen, heard, and valued, then you're going to get further faster. So if you're looking at someone's LinkedIn and they just did a story, maybe your local news reporter just did a story and you are complimenting them, you're sharing it. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to register with that person as you being helpful, you being kind, you being grateful, and they're more likely to remember you. So operate like a human. It's a novel concept, y'all. I we know. want you to remember that you're human first and whatever it is that you do second. Just bring in the human back one person at a time. (laughs) (laughs) So key takeaways here before we get too far off, because Kat and I could talk forever. We totally could. So key takeaways. The first one is, you fucking got this. Duh. I had to throw an F word in there today. I love it. I love it. Two, download our worksheet, get that Venn diagram brainstorming going, start to understand the clarity and the certainty with which you want to communicate your pitch and who you want to communicate it to, where they hang out so you can find them and be in the right room at the right place. And then just fucking do it. Just do it. I remember Neil, a friend of Candace's, and I've gotten to know him well too over the past year because we went to his forward event last summer He had shared something over the weekend that was like, there are people that are quote unquote dumber than you, making more money than you, creating more impact and more influence because they're just fucking taking action while you sit on the sidelines wondering why nobody wants to talk to you and nobody wants to do business with you. It's because you're not taking action. That's all it is. And what you're probably doing instead is being mad and saying, that person's so dumb. How does everyone choose to feature them? And then that's you're a that waste troll of your time. in the comments exactly. section that's going to be ignored because those people are listening to our podcast saying, that's just information that means nothing about me. And then you're under the bridge alone and nobody wants to hang out with you. Okay. It's getting weird. I love this analogy. Time to end it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All right, y'all. Just a reminder, download the freebie that we have for you. That's going to help mm-hmm. set you up for success when it comes to pitching yourself to the media. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be scary. You got this. Mm -hmm. Thanks for joining us on Not Nice, Clever. Remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio. And head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more. 
Drop a question. We'll shoot you an answer. We're not gatekeepers here. Signing off. You're not so nice, but oh so clever. Besties that mean business. See you next week.